Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Awesome. How's everyone doing this morning? Are you out there? Let me just say you all look beautiful this morning. Wow, you guys are just attractive bunch of people in this room today. Thanks for being here. Was, was worship a little bit different this morning? I, I don't know what. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit just hit this place, man. We can, we, let's just go home now, you know. I got a word for you. Can I share it with you? So excited. Hey, I want to just welcome uh, everybody today, whether you call Church for All Nations your home or if you're just visiting, we want you to, we want you to know that this is a Jesus place and we want you to feel the love. We want you to feel his love, but we want you also to feel this place's love. And there's a lot of phenomenal people here. And so we're just excited. We get excited. So if you walked in here like, what was that all about? We, we just get excited for what God has done in our lives. Because let me tell you, there's stories all over this room of dark brokenness and where Jesus met some friends in this room and completely changed their lives. So there's some people in this room that just can't stay quiet. So, so, so you have permission to lose it every once in a while for Jesus in this place, right? So that's what we're all about here. Hey, we'll get to it right second, but you heard Jordan Ashley first Wednesday. I am so excited about this. I feel like the Lord has really placed this on my heart and uh, I'm just excited to watch this develop. And so I would love for every person in this room to join us this Wednesday for first Wednesday, 7 p.m. Well, we're starting a brand new series today entitled Frequency. And I, I am aware that there's kind of a big game today. So I'll, I'll, I'll get you home in time to get your meatballs cooking. or whatever. We don't care, right? We don't care. All right. I do see a, a real Rams fan though in the audience with an actual jersey. So bro, I love this brother right here. Well, hey, let's go Rams, right? I, let's go around. Right. I don't know, whatever. But we're starting a brand new series today entitled Frequency. And, and did you know Statistically, the number one topic and, and, and questions that believers have revolve around this topic of hearing God's voice. I mean, the, the, the second place is so far away. I mean, like, this is the question that I get on the regular. Number one, like, pastor, how do I hear God's voice? Number one, that's always a, a, a question that I get. But then here's the, the secondary question is, Pastor, like, like, I think I might be hearing God speaking. I'm, I'm getting these impressions. Um, is, is that God or is that the Domino's pizza from last night? You know what I'm talking about? Like, how do I know if that's God's voice? And, and in fact, like, like I want to hear what you have to say, but like, what does scripture say about it? And I love when people say that. What's the Bible say? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but, but I got some good news. Does anyone want any good news this morning? The good news is, is that we serve a speaking God. He, he, he's been speaking throughout history and he's speaking even today. We, we, we serve a God who, who, who is desperately wanting to communicate with his children so, so if you're interested in that, if you want to hear God's voice, you've come to the right place. And so we're going to be unpacking what that looks like over the course of the next handful of weeks. Frequency, kind of weeding out the noise and, and getting on his frequency and so that we can truly hear from him. I'm excited about it today. And so 
my theme text, my, the scripture that I want to kind of anchor in on this series comes from John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn there. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing. I've got a lot of scripture today. So, so, so hang in there with me. But I love it because it's, most of it is just Jesus talking. And so, yeah, you're going to hear me talk, but this isn't my stuff. This is his stuff. I, I, I love hearing I love hearing what he has to say on any topic. So you're going to hear it straight from Jesus. These aren't my points. These are his points. Would that be okay today? And I'm just going to regurgitate what he's saying. So John chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Here's what Jesus said. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, him being Jesus. So the gatekeeper opens the gate for Jesus, and the sheep... Listen to his voice. I, I have different friends that raise livestock, specifically sheep, and, and they've told me before, you know, JF, there can be several different flocks of sheep with several different shepherds, and, and they can all converse on, on a, a road. They can all come together on a road, and intermingle really is the word. And when it's time to go, the shepherd... All he has to do is call out to his own sheep and the sheep know his voice. They don't go with another shepherd. They don't get confused. They know all he, that's a, that's a sheep call. I don't know. All he has to do is call out to his sheep and the sheep go, that, that, that's my shepherd. And, and, they, and, and, and they know his voice. They don't end up with another shepherd. They end up with the shepherd that they came with, all right? So the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep. Come on, sheep. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he was brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. Let me stop right there. Someone in here this morning, you need to know that your shepherd goes ahead of you today. Your shepherd goes ahead of you, and you know what he's doing? He's fighting your battles for you. He, he, he is directing you. The problem is we just got to look up and see where he's at and follow him. Some of us are trying to get out in, the, in, in, in front of our shepherd, and, and that's not the way it's supposed to be set up. He goes ahead of his flock, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice because they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Look at this verse, Proverbs chapter three, verse six. Listen for God's voice in some things. Now, someone says, it says, listen to God's voice in what? In everything you do, everywhere you go. Before you sign the lease on that new apartment, listen for his voice. Listen to his voice. Before you repost that post on Facebook, hello, listen for his voice. Before you make that life-altering decision, listen for his voice. Why? Because he's the one who will keep you on track. I love that. Listen for his voice. So, as I was thinking about this series, I was kind of thinking like, Lord, like, 
where should we start? How, how, do, we, how do we start out with this, with this topic that we could spend the rest of the year, every week, talking about hearing God's voice? And I was reminded of this statement that Jesus makes in Luke chapter eight, verse eight, where he says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So before we can really know his voice like his sheep do, it starts with us. You see, God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. And, and, if, and if we can get our hearing right this morning, is anybody out there? If we can get our hearing right this morning, change everything. We'll, we'll, he's speaking. But we got to get on his frequency. We got to get on, on his wavelength and clear out the noise today. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear is what Jesus said. And he makes this statement after he shares what is called a parable. A parable is simply a, a made-up story that's really a word picture. And, and, he, and he makes this statement after he's told the story. So for this morning, just for a couple of minutes here, can, we're just going to work backwards, right? He made the statement. Now I want to talk about why he made the statement and, and, and talk about what he is trying to say. Luke chapter eight, verse 11 says this. Excuse me, let's go back to Luke chapter eight, verses five through eight. We're gonna read that and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Here's what Jesus says. He tells this story. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. It's one scenario. There's four scenarios here. Number two, some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Something was competing with the seed, right? Other seed, here's a third scenario, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, here it is, we just read it. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then verses nine and 10, I wish I had time. The implications of verses nine and 10, I'll save that for another sermon, okay? But there's so many implications in the next two verses. Jump to verse 11. Jesus says this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. So here, here's this farmer and he's, he's sowing his seed. He's, he's tossing seed out. And he's tossing it out very generously. And this, and this, this farmer is the father. And, and he's tossing his seed out. And the seed represents, Jesus said it, the word of God. And the soil that he's tossing the seed on represents our hearts. And so today, it, it's not about that, the, that, that God's not speaking the problem is that we got soil conditions, meaning we got heart conditions. He's generously giving you his voice. He's, he's, throwing, he just, he's throwing out his word. I mean, if, if, I, if I took a handful of seeds this morning and just threw it on the ground here, came back a, a year later, the seed would just be, it'd just be laying there. It'd probably be swept up, right? But the reality is, it's, it, the problem is the condition here. It's not good conditions. So, so the question is, what does your soil look like this morning? 
What does your heart look like? This, any gardeners in the house? Any, any gardeners? Well, if, if you're a gardener in the house, you know better than me that the requirements of the soil, what's in the soil has everything to do with what kind of fruit will be produced, if any at all. So I want to talk about the soil a little bit back here. But the, Jesus goes on to explain, verse 12. He says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. So earlier in the verse, Jesus says the birds. Here he says the devil. And what I want you to know is the devil is constantly at work trying to get to your heart to do what? To pollute it. The enemy is constantly trying to get at your soil. Because <laughs> he, he wants to mess up your soil. He doesn't want to get the word of God, the seed, to your heart. So he's constantly trying to pollute your heart. And that's the first scenario Jesus talks about. Write that down. Number one, the polluted heart. Write that down. The polluted heart. Now, now, now don't, don't, let this, don't allow this to offend you because this happens to me too. From time to time, I get, I get, I get pollution <laughs> right here in my heart. This, this isn't like me saying, you sinners out there, you got those polluted hearts. You got to do something about that. No, you'll never hear me give a talk like that ever, right? The reality is though, sin is something that we always have to be aware of because sin is what corrupts our soil. It corrupts our heart and the enemy is constantly trying to steal away the seed, which is God's word for each and every one of us. And so the question is, how does our soil get polluted? Well, number one, through sin, all right? Now there's, another, there's, a, there's actually another type of sin and this sin is unrepented sin. This is the type of sin where someone has chosen uh, to live an immoral lifestyle, like, 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 like they know what they're doing is wrong and they just said, I'm good, I'm just gonna keep doing this. That's called unrepented sin. And this, is the, this type of sin is so hard to get out of the soil. I mean, this is, this, is a, this is a type of sin that really truly requires the Holy Spirit, unrepented sin. The second area that, that pollutes the soil and pollutes the heart is just people. Why? Because, because people are messy, <laughs> right? People are broken. And now listen to me. Here's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy is constantly trying to do whatever he can to bring division and strife and conflict to every one of your relationships. Why? Because if there's division there and conflict, it takes our focus off of the seed off of his voice, and we get it back on that conflict. And this has happened to me before, just a few months ago. A little something happened with a friend of mine, a brother, and at the end of the day, he hurt me. And he didn't come say sorry to me. And I just kind of, in my Scandinavian way, passive-aggressive way, just kind of let it go. And I just kind of, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to avoid it, you know, whatever, it's fine. And you know what happened? A couple weeks went by. I just let it go, big deal, whatever. He'll say sorry someday. You know how we do that? You don't, de- you don't do the Matthew 18 thing and, like, and like, like, like deal with it and get it fixed and resolved. I just, I just let it go. And a Thursday morning come, came. 
you know, Thursday mornings is kind of like, that's, that's the day I like to really study and prepare for my sermons, etc. And so, man, my kids were at school. My wife was out doing errands and I, had, I was in my family room and I had my favorite leather chair. You know what I'm talking about? My favorite leather chair, I had my Bible out and had my computer out. And I even turned on some, some Fred Hammond music, some worship music, right? You know what I'm talking about? And it was just like, it was thick, man. I was ready and I was like, I'm gonna worship for a while and pray. And then you know what happened? All of a sudden that dude got on my mind. Just, I mean, I don't know. I hadn't thought about him for like two weeks. And all of a sudden, boom, just like that. The, ah, and I started rehearsing what he did to me. And I thought about it, and my blood pressure started going up. And, and you know what happened? I looked up at the clock, and 30 stinking minutes had gone by. And I was just like, what? And I got, I got a little convicted about it. So you know what I did? I put down my stuff and I just walked outside of my driveway and I started doing one of these numbers. You, you ever done that? You're just, I got to do something. Holy Spirit's convicting me on this one, right? So finally, Holy Spirit, you got to call him right now. You're wasting, you're wasting my time. You got to call him, pick up the phone. So finally, I, I picked up the phone and I was like, hey, bro, I'm calling you because I love you. And how many you know it's, it's, it's so much harder when it's someone that you really love who hurts you? You know what I'm talking about? And I'm calling you because I love you, but something happened four weeks ago, and this is what happened. I just want to say that, that hurt me, bro. And I'm saying that because I love you, and I, and I don't know if you even meant to do it. And da 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 da. And I got done with my speech, and he was like crushed. He was like, "Bro, I didn't even know that I did that." And it was, I mean, I'm so I would never want to hurt. And I was, "You're are you serious? You didn't mean? No, I didn't. I didn't even I didn't realize I even said that to. Oh, bro. And, oh, oh, oh. and we did the whole thing, and at the the end of that conversation, you know what we said? We both said, I love you to each other, yeah. you know? And then, and then I hung the phone up, right? And then I went right back into my family room and I was like, I was like, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed. And I just, I said, turn on, here we go. And I got right into my studies, right? So either you'll help out with the pollution in your heart or someone else might do that. It's a polluted heart. It's a polluted heart today. Look at James chapter one, verse 21. It says this, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your soul. James here is essentially saying, repent. Not like repent, you sinner. Not like that. He's simply saying, repent. You, you know what repent means? It means I was going this way and I repented and decided to go the righteous way. That's all it is. It's not, I see you. No, that's not that. It's just, I'm, I, I, was, I was going in the wrong direction and now I'm going this. So, so here, here it is. So, so maybe the reason why you're not hearing God's voice today is just simply there's, there's sin in your heart. There's some pollution there and, and you just need to repent. You just need to turn today. So, so maybe that doesn't resonate with you, but I promise you one of these four scenarios will resonate with you. And this is from Jesus, not me, all right? Blame him, okay? The polluted heart. Look at this, verse 13. I'm getting fired up. I need a little drink of water here. Verse 13 says this. The rocky soil... Represents, represents those who hear the message with joy. I love this. So they, so they hear the message and they're like, woohoo, fired up. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. 
They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. So, so why do they wilt? Why do they wilt and die? Because something else is competing for them. Something else is vying for their attention. Have, have you ever like come to church and you heard like a phenomenal sermon? Now, this happens every week here, so you don't have to, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Maybe you didn't come to this, maybe another church. Maybe you went to another church one Sunday, and, and you heard like a phenomenal, and you were just like, ah, oh, you were so fired up, you're just pumped, like, yeah, and, and, and you walk out the back doors, and you're just like, that was incredible, and you get in the car, and your friend calls you and says, hey, Larry, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm just coming out of church, Bob, and I'm just so fired up. Well, that's awesome. What was your takeaways from the sermon? And you, and, and you go, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was really good. It was so good. By the way, uh, am I supposed to bring the jalapeno peppers, uh, poppers to the, or is it the wings that I'm bringing to the Super Bowl party? I just, I can't remember. Well, what, what's that all about? What's it? It's, it's all about this, 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 this other one here, the distracted heart. Write that one down. So, so maybe it's the pollute. You're dealing with a, a pollution in your heart. Maybe that's not you. But maybe your situation is you're, you're just, you're just distracted. Some, some of us aren't hearing God's voice because one or many things are competing for our hearts, for our soil. Have you ever like tried to have a conversation in the mall during Christmas time, like with your spouse, who's like three feet? What? Why don't we should go outside and talk? You know what I mean? Like, like what's going on? Well, there's so many competing voices. Everyone's talking and it's like, I don't know what you're saying for me. Can I, can I just, can I get vulnerable here? Can I tell you what my problem is? It's this thing right here. This is a real problem in my life. It's my smartphone. I get so distracted. And you know what? I'm, I'm so grateful to, for technology. Aren't you grateful for technology? The, did you know that statistically the gospel is getting around the world faster than it ever has? Not necessarily because of just people going there. It's because of technology. I had a friend email me like three months ago and said, hey man, I loved your sermon on Sunday. I was like, bro, you live in Jerusalem. He's like, wow, I watched it online. I was like, awesome. You know, so I love technology, but how do you know that technology can also be a curse? Did you know that children from the ages of eight to 18 on average spend seven and a half hours a day on their devices? That's 50 plus some hours a week, Right? It's, 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 just, it's just what, it's just what it is. And for me, the, so I love technology. One of the things I love about my phone is that there's this app called the, called the Bible app. Oh, yeah. Isn't it awesome? So I can just click on that. Here it is. I'm pulling, version Bible app. If you don't have it, you should download it. It's awesome. And I love it because it's, it's just so convenient. I can pull up any scripture. I can be sitting in a waiting room anywhere, pull up the scripture, and, I, and, I, and I've got like 38 different translations on there. I, can, I have commentary. I can, I can stop and like t- Google, what does T.D. Jakes think about this? And I can, I can watch a whole talk. I mean, it's all right there in, in my hand right there. But you know what else is the problem with that? Uh, I've got this little thing on here called notifications. Are you with me? So I'll be like in a doctor's wait, office waiting room and I'm reading Matthew, right? All of a sudden, do 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 
my, my ESPN notification comes up around the time. It just says, LeBron James is coming back to the left. Oh, I got to, oh, I got to, and I just click on that and I, oh yeah, he's coming back. Oh, this is going to be great. There's going to be a trade. And, and like, and, and I, you know, next one comes up and comment on Instagram. Oh, who's from Taylor Will, oh, my little brother commented on the thing I posted this. I'm going to click on that. Yeah, uh, you have a weird shirt on in this picture. What are you talking about, man? And go on his and find it. Well, you know, your shirt's weirder than mine. And like 20, 20 minutes into it, it's like, like I've just been so distracted from God's word that I'm holding in my hand. So you know what I had to do? I had to go and dig through uh, some stuff. And I, I was able to find, well, look at this. I was able to find uh, this book that my dad gave me when I was like in junior high. And for, for those of you millennials on down, this is, this is, a, this is called a book and, and it's a Bible. And so I had to go, I, I had to go get one of these. So I found it and I, and I grabbed it. And I, don't, I didn't just do that. I, I got one of those and then I went on amazon.com and I, I ordered some of these. Are, these are highlighters. I got those, all these different colors here. You can actually write in the deal. In fact, and then I got a candle. You know, I just, so I just went old school. So like, I mean, I got my desk all set up and I got a candle right there and I got my Bible and I lay the Bible out and I got all this stuff here and I take my phone and I put it in the other room and I sit down and I'm just all dialed in and, and I just kind of get the Bible out and I just get a paper thing and it, listen, listen to me, all of hell is trying to do whatever it can to distract you from God's word. So I, I, don't, I don't know what you got to do. I don't know if you're kind of ADD like me, right? Maybe some of you are like, oh, the phone thing works for me perfect. I never, oh, awesome, keep working it. But the problem is, we can get distracted. And there's a story, there's a story in Luke chapter 10 of two young women who invite Jesus over to share a meal with them, Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha, these are good people. Look, look, look at what the scripture says. It says, and, and, and she had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Here's what we need to be careful about. We can get so distracted at times, even serving the Lord, and miss time, miss important time spending time with him. Like just, we can be like, I'm certain, and then totally miss it. It's, it's the distracted heart. So maybe that doesn't resonate with you. Maybe you're like, I'm, look at this man, I'm two and oh. It's not the polluted heart, not the distracted heart. It's coming. It's coming. Jesus gives a third scenario, verse 14. He says this. The seed that fell among weeds, weeds stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. Have you ever tried to grow a weed before? You, you, don't, you don't have to. They, they do that for you, right? You, I mean, they just, they'll, they'll come up through literally just cement. You don't have to do one thing. Have you, ever, have you ever driven by someone's like home or something and it's just all weeds and you're like, oh, those poor people, right? What, what does that communicate? Communicates this word, neglect. Neglect. In fact, I have another confession to make. Um, 
If you were to come to my house right now and come into my backyard, it is pitiful right now. I mean, it, it is, it's, it's really sad. And uh, the reason why it's like that is because every year around, I don't know, the middle of November, I walk out into the backyard and I, I open my hands like this and I just say, hey guys, I talk to my plants and everything. Hey guys, uh, as you know, I hate really cold weather and rain and dark. And so I'll just see you, I don't know, sometime around the early part of May. <laughs> see you later. And I just back away, you know, gnashing of teeth and no, don't leave. And what happens? I just neglect it. I'm sorry, if you saw my little patch of lawn right now, I'm embarrassed. I mean, there's weeds coming. It's a mess, right? Because I just, I just completely neglect it, right? But from like May till about, you know, mid-October, I'm out, what am I doing? I'm working it, pulling the weeds out. Kids, get out here. And I'm working that dirt, right? I have a friend, my friend John's here on the front row. He's a master gardener, Okay. And I was talking to him about two days ago. And you know what the conversation was? He was explaining to me how he cares for his lawn through the winter. And he had a whole, th- and I was like, like the Holy Spirit was convicting me on it. He was like, you know, I fertilize it and I get out there and I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, that's, I do too. You know, like just full on, right? What's that? What's that all about? What, what is that? It's called discipline. It's called Discipline. That block of months, JF has no discipline. What, what, is that, what is that really called? It's called immaturity. And there's some of us who approach our walk with the Lord like this. And it's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. And that third one, here it is, write this down, is the immature heart. The immature heart. What Jesus is talking about here is, is, is really the immature heart. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I pop into C-Fan every once in a while. And I'll go to the men's morning prayer breakfast as long as it's not before 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, I'm, that's good enough for me. That's, I'm good. But here's the thing. The Lord is calling each and every one of us to grow in him. And, and growth requires discipline. My wife and I, we have grown-up conversations right? I mean, we, we talk about our finances and taxes and the government and politics and theology. I mean, like, she makes me think, you know? My daughter, who's seven, she's seven now, and, and, and we have some, some pretty deep conversations, too. There she is on the picture, first grade, and, and we'll, we'll talk theology, and we'll talk, you know, just how things work, and she's always coming at me with these questions, like the conversation last night was, Dad, how old is God? And my head just exploded, you know what I mean? So it's like, like we have these really deep conversations, it's really cool, and she's only seven years old, but did you know at one point in her life, she was about a year and a half? There she is right there. Oh, right. She was about a year and a half. And uh, whenever we would talk, you know, she would kind of hop on her knees. She always did this thing where she'd be like, eh, 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 ah, and she'd go, ah, 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 ah. And you know what I would do back to her? I would say, eh. 
oh, oh, what do you want? What do you want? And she'd go, ah, 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 ah. And I'd go, what do you want? Oh, you want to eat? Oh, oh, oh. And like, this would like go, I mean, it would go back and forth. Like, I mean, this was like her, her you know, her mom would be at the grocery store for her and I would, eh, and she, mom would get up. What does she want? I don't know. <laughs> this is sure fun, right? Here's, here's what I want. I always had the ability to communicate with her better. The problem was is that she was too immature to receive my level of communication, right? (laughs) Well, that night my wife and I are talking about like tax reform, you know what I mean? She was too immature to receive the level of communication that I could have given her. And some of us in this room, maybe you're dissatisfied with the level of communication that you have with God. And you're like, God, are you even out there? Why aren't you speaking to me? And he's like, I am, but you only hear Right? So the question that I have to ask myself is, God, am I, am I maturing in you? Am I actually growing in you? Right? Yeah, but Jay, if I work two jobs and, you know, if, to spend time with the Lord would require me to get up early. And I don't think I can do that. Really? Well, that's what mature followers of Jesus do. It's just called discipline. And I'm not like spanking you today. This, this, was, this is Jesus. I'm just, I'm just recurgitating what Jesus said here. It's a, he talked about the immature heart. Now look at this, Hebrews chapter 12. I'm gonna end really quickly here. 12 verses one through two. I love this. Scripture says, since we are surrounded by so many examples, examples of what? Of faith. I'm telling you, if if you're like, I don't have any examples of faith in my life, don't leave this house then. Because there are some people that have been walking with Jesus for a long time that call this place their house and they would love to be an example for you. Since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. So a couple of weeks ago, we had our small group facilitator training and we had 115 people that stepped up and said, I'm at least interested, all right? Here's, here, go back to that passage of scripture, you'll see it. Put it back there on the screen. Notice, notice these words. Since we, by so many, we must, we, not I, we must get rid of everything that, that slows us down. Sin that distracts us, we must run. Do, do you see the theme here? We, that lies ahead of us and never give. There's this we, us thing going on here. And, and here's what I want you to leave here with today. You, you, you will never mature in Jesus when you're just solely doing life isolated. And scripture confirms it. It's, it's, it's a we, it's an us thing. And so in one month, we're gonna, we're gonna launch our, our small groups. And I encourage you, get into the we thing. 
Because it's, it's in community where we find our freedom. We talked about that a couple of weeks. It's when we get together with us that we're able to become really vulnerable. We're, we're, we're able to become very, very close. It's, it's when you get so close to somebody that they're able to ask you the very tough questions that need to be asked. In the, in the ancient Celtic um, 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 process, they would, there was, a, there was a, an actual person, an, a missionary, who one of his sole jobs was to walk maybe a hundred miles to a parish. It might, would take him, might take him weeks to literally, this missionary would walk to a parish to, to stand in front of that parish's pastor and ask him the very, very deep, dark, toughest questions. And that pastor was, was required under that system to honestly respond. What was that all about? It was about digging out some of that stuff rather than burying it down. And that only happens when we get together in community. It's, it's, it's going from immaturity to mature heart stuff, soil condition. So those are those three right there. But Jesus doesn't end it right there. He talks about a fourth type of seed, verse 15. He says, but the seed, here's the hope, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, good soil, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And here's the fourth heart, and then we're going to pray. And that is the prepared heart. The prepared heart. So you say, JF, what's the, what was the, what's the subject? What's the, if you could name this talk something, what would it be named? I, I, would, I would name it the, the prepared heart because there's this process of preparing your soil before you drop the seed in there. We, we can't start talking about what it's like to hear his voice or, or if that's his voice until we really stop and check the soil of our hearts and say, yeah, I got some work to do. I've got, I got to prepare my heart. So three words, three little words here that you can write down. Here, here's the, so you say, how do I prepare my heart? Here it is. Number one, repent. Repent! Not that kind of repent. Simply turn. Say, Lord, I got some pollution in my soil. Right? I got some arsenic. Got, I got some arsenic in my soil. I gotta, I gotta get that out of there. So repent. Number two, refocus. Some of you are just, you're just, I'm so distracted right now by all of the list of things in my life. There's so much noise that, that, that you're missing his frequency. So maybe some of you, I, I, I've repented, but you're distracted. You got to refocus. And then here's the third word, and that is revive. And I love that. Revive. Maybe you've heard that word revival. What, what, what is that? What is that? Just talk, it literally talks about, man, you used to be one way. Like do you, some of you remember like the day you met Jesus and, and you, maybe, maybe you remember a season where you were tuned into his voice and then through whatever happened another 10 seasons later, you've missed it and you just need to go back to that place. Like you need to, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to revive the things that he once did inside of you. So repent, refocus, revive. Here's one more passage of scripture and then we'll pray and that is, 2 Corinthians, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. God's voice is clearest 
in a prepared environment. It's the reason why you cannot grow bananas in Spanaway. You can't do it. You gotta grow them in Jamaica. Why? Because in Jamaica, that soil is prepared for that, right? It's the same with us, right? So, so that's our prayer today. Across this auditorium, would you just bow your heads? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.